Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask the CEO with Abraham Gatile. Today, we're going to have a special episode because our special guest is going to turn the tables on me and actually interview me. So, I'd like to introduce Jeanette Fackler, co-founder of JNL Marketing. She is a tech translator who deborifies tech marketing. I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. I know, yeah. It's Jeanette, a big effort, so. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Ask the CEO. Tell me, how do you deborify tech marketing? I'd love to hear that because, trust me, there's a whole lot we can talk about that. Oh, yeah. Um, you know what? I think the biggest thing that deborifies technology is actually thinking about human beings, both on the business side, the, you know, the owner's right, um, of the business, as well as the users. Um, users don't necessarily respond to, uh, hey, cloud saves you money and cloud increases productivity because everybody says that, right? Everybody saves you money and everybody, everybody is the best. Exactly. <laughs> everybody is number one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're going to make your data more secure. I mean, and the thing is, um, the same technology tends to be available from multiple vendors, right? So you have to stop being, you know, just blending in. You know, one of our one of our uh, taglines is, you know, we do marketing for tech companies that don't want to be clones. You know, because when you go to um, tech websites, especially for IT companies they all say the same thing and sometimes they all have the exact same images, right? So, um, so kind of clone, clone like, right. Yep. Um, but yeah, one of the biggest ways to spice up tech marketing is to just bring real people into it. You would be surprised how often tech companies don't have pictures of their owners or, or their technicians or, customers or anything it's just like this faceless corporate sign, entity. sign up here yes right contact us at info at <laughs> such and such dot com so there's so many other techniques to be honest with you but just a little bit of personality bring some some pizzazz <laughs> to your copy and just a, a little bit of livening up oh and you know what speaking like you're talking to another person on the street you don't have to use five syllable words. And a matter of fact, I recommend against it. You know, like if you were going to talk to your aunt and explain to her what cloud was, what would you say? I would say the cloud is a bunch of servers in a data center. No, I would say <laughs> a cloud, it's just out there. It's just a bunch of computers that are just out there. Yeah, perfect, right? And and it obviously depends on your your audience, of course, right? Some people know exactly what cloud is. So it depends on who you're talking to. But even for people that know exactly what cloud is, it doesn't you can still speak to them as if you're having a conversation. And that's very important. Um otherwise people's eyes start to glaze over, you know? It, totally. So, so Jeanette, um, before we jump into you interviewing me, which I'm really excited about, maybe even a little nervous because 
I, I want to make sure that I'm completely deborified um, <laughs> before you ask me any questions. Jeanette, how do people reach out to you? Uh, you know what? The easiest way is, th- is by DMing me on LinkedIn. Great. All right. Well, I am pumped and all ready for the interview. So let's jump right in. All right. I found myself very curious after we worked together about how you got started and how you got where you are today. Um, There's people out there that just have so many followers um, and they're influencers like yourself. And I know what I'm doing to grow my following, but I thought I'd find out from you what you are doing and, and, and I just have so many questions. So, I'll start at the beginning though. Um, what would you say is influencer marketing? A lot of people have heard of it, but I don't know that everybody knows what it really means. Yeah, you know, when you hear the term influencer marketing, you think about some gal wearing a t-shirt, you know, with your company logo or standing next to a car, you know, like a Lamborghini or something like that. Um, Influencer marketing, in essence, I mean, if you break down the words, right, it's marketing using an influencer, somebody that has an influence. But what does that mean, right? right? Basically, what it means is that you're getting somebody that has a trusted name in the industry to talk about your business, your products, and essentially endorse them. And then that person has people that follow them. And then they're paying attention to this influencer, you know, because essentially, I mean, that's, you know, that's really how the industry works. Uh, Forbes put out a statistic a couple of years back. We're talking about B2B customers, you know, before they even pick up the phone to talk to you, they've already researched 70 percent, you know, they've gone through 70 percent of the sales process. You know, they've researched you up and down and they already know that they want to talk to you. So how do you even get a chance to talk to that customer? You've got to get your message heard. So influencers are people that have following. People pay attention to them. And the reason why people pay attention to them is because they've added value. They've proven themselves that they are reliable, uh, they're authentic, they're trustworthy. So when someone engages an influencer, I mean, that sends a very strong message about your company. Absolutely. So then that brings up another, a good point. So would you say that influencers are just willing to pay, be paid for any product? Um, And, and so, I mean, I know, so for instance, uh, Kim Kardashian, you know, she probably can turn away anybody she wants. Right. But we know there's some influencers out there who are like, Oh, sure. I'll take your, I'll take your product. I'll take your money and just represent it. Is that, is that how all influencers work? You know, people can only fool people once. Consumers are smart. And if you're lied to, you know, it only takes one time to lose that trust. So you can spend 20 years building up your reputation. But if you, you know, if you mess up once, and when I say mess up, meaning you're dishonest, you've misrepresented something, that's really serious. And people will will stop trusting you. So influencers, the authentic ones, they are concerned about their reputation. And to answer that question about, will you just take anybody that pays? 
Well, it really has to be somebody that you truly believe in, somebody that you as an influencer feel confident that their company is not going to ruin your reputation. So it kind of works both ways where your following will trust you and then you also need to trust the company and your following trusts you that you have vetted that company. So it's not really as simple as a brand calling someone up and saying, hey, you want to wear my t-shirt, especially not in the B2B world. You really have to trust that company before working with them. Right. And so, well, let me ask you this. Is there any way for a company to work with an influencer without having the influencer say, hey, we recommend this product? So for instance, would you do just an honest review of a product? Yeah, for sure. I mean, companies do that. Um, In many instances, when I work with companies, I don't come straight out and say that I endorse ABC company. I endorse them and they're the greatest. What I do is I share what I know about this company. I share what I like about this company. And then I let my following make their assessment as to whether or not this company is for them. So it's not really about extolling the virtues of this company uh, or endorsing them, but really talking about why you feel that your following should be interested in this company. Right. And so correct me if I'm wrong, but your primary method that you use to do this is your YouTube channel, right? With you, when you interview guests, I, I interview guests and I have the videos on YouTube. Uh, YouTube is by far not my primary channel. I uh, think of my YouTube channel as my my repository of content my history where people can scroll through it scroll through my library and you know see all the different pieces of content that i created my primary means of communication with my following is really linkedin and twitter those are you know the main b2b social channels i also believe it or not my personal facebook page actually gets quite a bit of engagement. Um, You know, the term social media, it has that connotation that it's got to be social, right? I mean, we're just people interacting with other people. And and I've just hit upon that this year. I started posting more. I have a Facebook page, which is professional. But just as a thought, as an experiment, I started posting select pieces of content to my personal page without bombarding people with it because you don't want to do that as well. But hey, you know, hey guys, this is, I find this interesting. You know, we're doing a webinar tomorrow and, uh, you know, check this out. I think you might find it interesting. And people actually respond to that as well. So yeah, so, so it is interesting how these platforms are evolving and how, how the audience evolves as well as to which channels they listen to. Right. And you, you alluded to this, but I know you focus on B2B, obviously, but in the tech, in the tech sphere, right? So it's not all makeup and handbags and <laughs> Lamborghinis, as you mentioned, right? And phones. And phones, <laughs> and phones right? <laughs> just put my, uh, just put my Coke Zero here. No, <laughs> you never know. You, know, you might get a check in the mail. <laughs> 
I mean, again, it's really the same thing. You know, let's take the let's take the Coke Zero, right? People people like you. People follow you. They listen to what you say, and they say, "Hey, Jeanette's drinking Coke Zero. Maybe I should drink Coke Zero. <laughs> if it's good for her, it's good for me." Right. And it works the same way in the B two B world. So if people follow me, and why do people follow me? So you know, you always have to understand why people follow you and respect that of them. So, you know, people follow me because I talk about topics that interest them and I share with them tidbits of information that they can take back with them and take it to their jobs or take it to their lives and it adds value to them. So, you know, let's say I talk about cloud and and hybrid multi-cloud and cybersecurity. So if IBM is doing a webinar on cloud security, they're probably going to be interested in that. So then IBM comes over to me and says, hey, we're doing a webinar. Can you uh, promote that on LinkedIn? Uh, and I said, I would say, sure. You know, I believe in that because I talk about it all the time. I believe in IBM. It's a trusted name in the industry. Yeah, I'll be happy to share information about your webinar and people will be interested in it. And that's really how it works. So, you know, B2B is really no different than B2C. At the end of the day, it's really people talking to people. Yeah. And you mentioned the trust factor. So how do you think you built up trust with your followers? Very slowly and very carefully. You know, it's kind of amazing when I think back to where I came from, uh, you know, where I am today. I've been doing this for four years and I started from, from the bottom. I had maybe 300 followers on Twitter and that's only because I joined in 2009 and followed some people that I didn't even know because it was just cool to follow people. Right, right. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know how it worked. And so I basically started with nothing. I didn't even know what I wanted to do. But I, you know, my story is very similar to a lot of people in the industry. Um, I was in telecom. Telecom went through a disruption. You know, there's that industry buzzword. Mm-hmm. The whole industry changed. Cloud came in and took away a lot of the PBX business. You know, those big metal cabinets that sit in your back office, collect dust and break down all the time. <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, cloud worked a lot better. And I found, let's just say my situation disrupted. And I was thinking very carefully about what I want to do with myself, as many people do when they're in that situation. I I didn't want to just jump to, you know, another telecom provider because, you know, then in three years from now, I'd be in the same situation again when they got disrupted. I wanted to be in a field that was contemporary, uh, something that has longevity, something that I can evolve with that, not just something that basically falls off a cliff and is gone. So I knew I wanted to work with high tech. I knew I wanted to be with the latest cutting edge technology. All right, now, how do you get started? Where do you go? Um, So I did what a lot of people did, and I was listening to podcasts. Um, I listened to Gary Vee. He's a big name uh, in podcasting. And he had a lot of good things. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. He's, he's a, you know, he he's shares great advice and everything. And by the way, that goes back to what, you know, we started with where he shared, right? He added value to my life, gave me some great advice. And that's why I follow him. Right. Um, 
And Gary talked about video. He was a big fan of video a couple of years ago. I think he still is. Um, but now he's on, you know, to the next latest and greatest uh, videos. You know, YouTube is already old technology. Um, but he was you know, like really big about getting your, your, your name out there, getting yourself out there, you know, put yourself out to the world. There was one um, example that he gave that really stood out in my mind. He said, let's say you're starting out in real estate and you want to make a name for yourself. So rather doing the same thing that every Tom, Dick and Harry is doing, um, why don't you start a podcast or a vlog on real estate where you go and interview all the local businesses in your area and talk about their businesses and you promote them and then you get known you become known as the person that knows this industry inside out so that when you say hey i've got a house on main street people will know exactly where where that is they'll know why that's a great location and they'll trust you that you know you've got their best interests in mind and that really made an impression on me you know especially because i was looking to get a name for myself in high tech so i started this podcast called ask the ceo and why did i call it ask the ceo because people want to hear from the business owner you know why did you start the business you know what's so unique about your company you know what are you doing different than everybody else out there Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be a place where CEOs feel comfortable hanging out. I, I envisioned working with big names, with the trusted names, I should say, like IBM, Microsoft, and other big brands in the industry. You look at the background, right? It, you know, it has a certain look and feel uh, because that's the vision that I had. I had a vision of CEOs, you know, business executives. Mm-hmm coming on here and speaking with me one-on-one and sharing their insight with the world. You know, so getting back to how I, how I built the audience. So, you know, I started interviewing business owners and at the time I still wasn't really sure which direction I wanted to take this. I didn't even know what an influencer was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew I wanted to work in the industry. I got out there and I started working in the industry. And I guess the first year, nobody even knew who I was. But I, you know, I just kept sharing it and I kept making friends in the industry and I kept collaborating with people. And over time, my reputation grew. People started following me. They heard one interview I did and they liked what I shared and they followed me. And then they shared my content. They shared my posts with their friends who shared it with their friends. And, you know, that's kind of how I built up over time. Another important thing that I did is exactly what you're doing right now. And that is collaborating with other people because, you know, you could only grow organically so fast. Um, But if you collaborate with another person who has a set of followers, now you just grew your following exponentially because now they know who you are and somebody from their following hears of you and then they share it. I mean, that's how I found out about Gary Vee. That's how I found out about other podcasts that I listened to through other people uh, that I followed. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I wanted to collaborate with you, we'll just say personally, but um, I also think you've got a lot to say in the industry and um, it benefits you as well. You know, we, we work together already. Um, we just, you know, got along and you, you genuinely want success 
for your connections, you know? So I think a lot of people are more willing to collaborate than you'd expect because it works both ways, right? Yeah. And, you know, to that point, I'll, I'll tell you, I had an epiphany one day. It was like a year and a half ago. And I was just very frustrated by the fact that I wasn't growing my following as fast as I wanted to. And I was trying to get companies to notice me and everything was just happening too slowly. And sure. by the way, you know, that's a reality. You know, people are going to hit that. They're going to hit that wall. You think, oh, wow, look at this. Look at what I'm doing. I'm putting out so much content, but nobody really cares because everybody else is putting out content. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you just scroll on LinkedIn or Twitter, right, there's just so much stuff out there. And I was frustrated and I didn't know what to do. Um, and I, I, you know, I spoke to friends of mine and they said, yeah, yeah, keep doing that. Just keep, keep at it. Keep at it. It'll, it'll come. It'll happen. Right. But nothing, just crickets. And, and then I had an epiphany, you know, I really can't control the market. I can't control when people will reach out to me, when people will see my content, who will share my stuff. I can't control any of that. There's only one thing I can control, and that is how I interact with others. Hmm. So then I thought, you know, I bet you, a lot of my friends in the industry are going through a similar challenge. Maybe they don't broadcast it because right. nobody's going to say, Hey, everybody, I'm a loser. I can't. Get <laughs> you, know? you don't see that. Uh, everybody, you know, shows success. But I bet you a lot more people are struggling um, than they let on. So you know what? Rather than sitting there worrying about myself, why don't I just gratuitously help my friends. I see something of theirs. I'll share it. You know, I'll endorse them. I'll promote them. And, you know, if I can't be of service to myself, I'll be of service to others. And, and really, you know, that's, that's really the way I think our role in this world, you know, like, why were we created? Right. I'll speak about myself. <laughs> why was I created? <laughs> why were you created? But, no, yeah. I, I was created to add value. Well, you add value by helping others. So, you know what? First add value and then worry about yourself. And that's what I did. Uh, you know, I continue posting content of my own, but then I see my friends share stuff. I, I just share it, um, you know, and I even throw in a word of endorsement or, or, or a nice word about them. And, and I still do this to this day. And the strangest thing happened after about maybe two months of doing that, my numbers started to go up exponentially. Hmm. I, I used to get maybe like, I don't know, like 10 views on a post. And then it went up to a few hundred and then a thousand and then beyond that because I finally got it. It clicked what social media really is all about, being social, interacting with people in the community and adding value. And I think that's really the biggest lesson that I learned building an influencer marketing business on social media. And that is you need to add value first before you get anything back from the community. Right. Yep. And I think that is a, that's a great message. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of people that are wanting to grow followings and, and maybe become influencers um, may not always be thinking with that in mind, that focus on being of value, right? 
So if you, if you were speaking to somebody, and not necessarily anybody that wants to be an influencer, but even just what about um, just business owners that would like to increase their following so they can get some more visibility? What would your main piece of advice be for growing that following? It's really the same thing that I've been talking about when influencers want to increase their following. It's really about being visible out there, sharing information that adds value. Um, there's a brand on Twitter that I've been following for a while called ALC Training. They're a technical training company in Brisbane, Australia. Okay. Um, I actually visited them a couple of years ago. And, you know, they post valuable content online, but they do something interesting. They actually interact with and engage with people in the industry. They engage with influencers and they engage with ordinary people, you know, non-influencers. They, they show the human side of whoever's behind that brand. There's that human element where people want to connect with people. And typically, like when, when you interact with a brand, the impression is like, there's this wall between you and them, you know, like they, they're untouchable and people want to be noticed. They want to be heard. And then when you have a brand that actually engages with people, it makes them feel good. You know, Hey, you noticed me, I'm important. And that makes me want to hear what you have to say. So what I would say is if a company is either starting out on social media or just wants to get known on social media, you really need to do a lot of the things that individuals do in order to get known on social media, you know, interact with people, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's in a different manner than an individual might do that, but you still need that engagement in order to become visible. Jeanette, thank you so much. That was a really great experience. It was a very different experience being yeah. on, being the one interviewed instead of interviewing. Thank you so much for coming on this show. I really enjoyed having you. Yeah, thank you. And you did great, by the way.